Well, amen. Hey, Everlast. Hi. This is, this is weird. This is weird. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. I feel welcome. So, uh, yeah, you may have noticed Kevin was singing. I was not singing much. Um, this is pretty much because I've, I've kind of lost my voice temporarily, which um, is okay, which is awesome because Kev got to lead us tonight. Um, but I'm excited to share a word with y'all tonight. Um, and I'm grateful to Kevin and Tina for giving me this, this challenge and this opportunity. Um, and really excited just to, to hear from, from God's word um, and see what he wants to speak to us tonight. Um, and I know Kevin just prayed, but if we could just, just very briefly go to him in prayer again. Father, we want to hear from you. Give us humble hearts to hear from you, God. Let it be your word that's heard, not my voice. Um, Lord, we need to hear from you. Your word is life. So speak to us tonight. Help us to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So tonight I want to share with you some essential truths that I think uh, we need to be actively aware of. Uh, obviously we have some idea of why we should sing to God. Otherwise, I don't think we'd be here having a night of worship tonight. Uh, none of us would have showed up if we were like, why sing? Um, but other, otherwise, uh, well, yeah, at the same time, I think many of us have grown up in church um, and, or, or been in it for quite a while, and worship might over time have become kind of just what we do, just going through the motions. I think maybe there, there's even some of us, including myself, where at times in this, while we were just worshiping, where I'm just going through the motions and I have to come back to, well, what am I doing? I'm, this, is the, this is the God of the universe that I'm singing to. This, this has weight to it. Um, and then there could be also some of us that are newer to this church thing and, and are genuinely kind of trying to figure out, what, what is this about? Why, why, why are we raising our hands? Why, what are we singing about? Um, either way, I want to explore some concrete reasons for doing exactly what we're here for tonight. So uh, if you're taking notes, uh, I have some points that, that you might want to write down um, and some scriptures throughout, so just be ready. Um, so reason number one, we're talking about why worship through song. Reason number one is it is natural. So what does that mean? Singing is a natural response to the goodness of God. Psalm 92 verses one through four says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Now that doesn't sound like somebody had to tell him to sing. Doesn't sound like he was forced. It sounds like um, you have made me glad. Sounds like a genuine response to God's goodness. And he, he must have been like, somebody grab a harp. Who, who has a lyre? Let me play the lyre. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know exactly what that is. But... Uh, but, you know, he wanted, to, he wanted to write a song, sing a song to the Lord. He couldn't help it. 
In Exodus, when God used Moses to part the Red Sea and save the entire nation of Israel, Moses burst into song. And all of Israel joined in. Their natural response was to sing for joy. And I think we all have a pretty good idea of this feeling. Um, If you think of a time when you were just incredibly excited about something, the most excited you've ever been in your life, I'm going to guess, I think it's a safe guess, to say that you, your instinct was to make noise. Even those in the room that are, that are quieter. You probably went, whoa, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you do, whatever noise you felt like making. Um, and then also, a lot of us have, I'm sure, on just a day when we're just feeling awesome about something, you're in the car and you just put on your favorite song and just sing your lungs out. Don't lie. I know, I know you've done that. You might have sounded awesome. I don't know. Well, Psalm 92 here is confirming that this is a good thing. Not something to be suppressed. This natural emotional response of breaking into song is actually something to be cultivated. To declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. This is to sing often. Because these awesome truths about God are always true. So worship is a natural response to God's goodness, and it is by nature an emotional activity. Which leads me to reason number two. It is effective. Now what does that mean? Worshiping through song actively accomplishes several things. So we just talked about singing being an emotional response. The other side of that coin is the fact that music itself has power over emotions, has the power to change our emotions. A great question to ask ourselves is this, what music am I allowing to affect my thoughts and my emotional life? Psalm 63 verses 5 through 6 says, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. What you choose to listen to and meditate on is what you're giving permission to influence your heart and mind. So worship through song also helps us to commit the truth of scripture to memory. Um, Psalm 119 verse 11 I memorized this as a kid. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Music is one of the most powerful tools for memorization. How did you learn the alphabet? You sang it. Now, today, how often do you still have to go back and sing the song to remember where a certain letter falls in the alphabet? A, B, C, D, E, G, H, J, K. Oh, yeah, J, J and then K. Okay, yeah, yeah, All the, t- every single time for me. So because music is such an effective memory tool, I want to challenge all of us with a simple question to ask ourselves. What am I committing to my memory with the music I, I listen to on a regular basis? And is it worthwhile? Worshiping through song is also effective in building our faith in God. 
Second Chronicles 20 tells how a massive ar- army gathered to wipe out Israel. And God told King Jehoshaphat, cool name, to go out and face them, but that they wouldn't have to lift a finger, that he'd take care of it. So Israel goes to face them, and they send the singers ahead of the army. And they worship as they go. They sing songs of praise. Imagine marching out in silence to face this impossible enemy. As, you know, the the doubt and the fear is growing in your mind. You're wondering if God's really going to come through. Uh, But they understood that sending the singers ahead and singing songs to the Lord would help them stay strong in their faith. Trusting that God would do what he said he'd do. And of course he did. That's how that story ends. So worshiping through song is effective in our emotions, in our minds, and in our faith. Point number three on why worship through song. It is unifying. So think about it. When we gather together and sing, there's almost nothing that gets us more on the same page than when we're singing together. We're singing the same notes. We're singing the same, hopefully, most for the most part, same notes, same words. We're singing to the same God. Um, Ephesians, uh, oh, so I was going to say, studies have shown how musicians' heartbeats can actually align when they're locked in playing music together. And beyond just a literal sense, this happens in a spiritual sense. When we're gathered together, welcoming the same spirit, singing songs to him. Ephesians 5, uh, sorry, this is my voice. That's, that's what my voice is doing today. Ephesians 5, 19 through 21 says that when we gather, we are to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and forever for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. When we worship together, we're not only unified with one another, we experience unity with the Spirit of God. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a promise. Psalm 22.3 in different translations says that God inhabits or is enthroned upon the praises of his people. That's a crazy thing to think about. God is pleased to dwell with us when we gather with pure hearts to worship him. There's that song that says, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. I want to become more aware of his presence. I want to become continually continuously moved more and more by his spirit. So moving on, number four. Reason number four why we should sing. It is commanded in scripture. It's an actual command. More than 50 times throughout scripture, we're commanded to sing to the Lord. It's not just an invitation, it's a a command. There's a reason for that. I think so far we've established a lot of reasons why that's not just an arbitrary command. There's a lot behind it, a lot of reason behind it. It makes so much sense to sing to the Lord. 
the command simply reinforces what should be an easy and natural response to God's goodness, to who he is. And you might think, well, I'm not a singer. And you might be very right. <laughs> you've probably heard somebody say, if you've been in church a while, you've probably heard somebody say in a self-deprecating way, like, oh, I can sure make a joyful noise, right? I, I, I've heard a lot of people say that. That's referencing Psalm 95 and multiple others. It's silly because I don't think the scripture literally means sing horribly to the Lord. But I think this can actually be a really good example for all of us. Tina preached a few weeks ago on how we worship through obedience. And we learned that God desires obedience over sacrifice. That's huge. So if I'm not a singer and I think, oh, I can just find other ways to glorify God. Well, Psalm 150 doesn't say, let everything that has breath, or no, let, everything that, let everyone that has a good voice praise the Lord. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Even if we don't have the ability to do it in a way that's impressive to others or pleasing to ourselves, we honor God when we throw aside our own pride and worship him through obedience until our desire to do so catches up. You may hate the way you sound. God hears it and he loves it. And more importantly than that, he hears your heart. So our final point, number five, our God deserves it. We've come to the most important part, who we're singing to and who we're singing about. Psalm 107 verse 17 says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. We worship a God who is so worthy that we could spend a lifetime worshiping him and singing to him and hardly even scratch the surface of how infinitely good, infinitely power, powerful, and infinitely holy he is. A.W. Tozer says this in his book on worship. Every glimpse that is given us of heaven and of God's created beings is always a glimpse of worship and rejoicing and praise because God is who he is. He references uh, Revelation 4, 8, where the four living creatures around God's throne never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And these 24 elders who are around the throne are also saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Now in Romans, Paul talks all about salvation and sanctification and all of this theology. He's a very logical and wordy writer. And then in chapter 11, verses 33 through 36, he suddenly breaks into this kind of verse, which we don't see often in his letters. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. 
How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Even this super logical thinker type of guy who couldn't help but break into this poetic kind of almost musical type of worship in the middle of his letter as he's writing about the nature of God and all that he is and all that he's done throughout history. When we say that God is worthy of worship, that's something that's true with or without us in the picture. He's worthy by himself. Ultimately, God will get the glory that he deserves whether or not we joyfully join in the worship. It is true that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And even now, Jesus said in Luke 19, when the Pharisees told him to shut his noisy disciples up, he said, I tell you, if these were silent, the very rocks would cry out. Jesus will get the glory because at its core, the very fabric of the universe understands that it all exists to glorify the creator and the savior. We have, we have the opportunity to lift up our voices and join in and forget everything other than the fact that God is God and he is worthy. So in closing, our reasons for worshiping through song, five reasons. Number one, it is natural. Number two, it is effective. Number three, it's unifying. Number four, it's commanded. And number five, God deserves it. Everlast, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That's John 4, 23 through 24. I love how David Mathis from Desiring God puts this. The essence of true worship is not external, but internal. I'm going to say that again. The essence of true worship is not external, but internal. He also says it's not what we do or don't do with our hands or what somebody else is doing or not doing, but what we do with our hearts and minds. Because of the one who has captured our hearts and minds. Worship is in spirit and in truth. So Everlast, let's ask God to make us all the more aware of his spirit and help us to give in to the transformative work that he's doing in us as we sing songs to him and seek to know his heart. God does not make empty promises. And he promises that if you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. 
So let's do that tonight. Let's do that right now. Let's seek him with our whole hearts. Let's pray.